Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave for another rendition of our podcast. Today, we're doing cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> or we're trying to do cookbooks. <laughs> so we had this idea that we would uh, choose a couple cookbooks and then make a few things out of the cookbooks and then sample them. So we have quite a smorgasbord of yes. <laughs> items today. It's a four-course meal. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yes. And so we'll get into that in just a few moments. However, I'm going to talk about the drink first. So yeah. the drink is the drink we've chosen today is one of the ones from one of the cookbooks I've chosen. The cookbook is called Basic Bitchin', and it's by Joey Scaldani. He's the Chow Hound editor at large. Chow Hound is that... They come across social media all the time, okay. you know, that kind of stuff, I right. think. Could be wrong. Um, so anyway, the drink we're doing, we're doing, it's a Moscow Mule, but he has labeled it um, Moscow S. Mm-hmm. And it's just basically a Moscow Mule. It's got ginger beer. It's not tweaked in any way or no. why he would rename it? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Just Uh-oh. for fun. Okay. Yeah. So it's pretty much vodka, crushed ice, lime juice, and ginger beer nothing wrong with that with a few i've got this cute little straw in there and a a nice little lime on the side and a sprig of mint so yeah we'll see what it tastes like here we go if it wasn't unfair listeners i would just let kelly make the drinks all the time because (laughs) they're always very cute cheers Cheers. okay oh it's good oh it's very good i like when they're like heavy on the lime yeah it's a little sour it's good though. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. My nice little. I feel like we've drunk them like half down now. Yeah, she has them in <laughs> cute copper mugs with little sprigs of mint. I think the straw. lime slices and these cute little green and white spiral <laughs> straws. Right. Paper straws, even so, they're environmentally exactly. friendly. So, mm-hmm. here's to you, sea turtles. Right. Great. So that's our drink of choice today. Yeah. So this is, yeah, this is good. It's very refreshing. And I think it's going to go nicely with um, at least one of the dishes I brought to this episode. And I know it's going to go good with this appetizer. So, Mm -hmm. okay. But first, let's talk about what we're reading now before we get into the recipes. So what's on your TBR, Kelly? So... I'm currently, like, got 20 pages left in Ellen Hildebrand's third in the Paradise series. So, Mm -hmm. Trouble in Paradise, and it's like, I'm not going to spoil it because there's only 20 pages left. I know. (laughs) Um, But it seems like things are hopping right now. There's, like, all kinds of drama going on right now. But, um, yeah, so that's what I'm reading. And did I just finish anything? I don't think so. Mm -mm. Okay. So I finished um, in the last few days The Rose Code by Kate Quinn. And when I heard that she was writing a new one, I was very excited because I did like the Alice Network and I did like The Huntress. Um, And The Rose Code stands up. She did a great job. It's hefty. It's like 600 pages or close to it. It's it's pretty long. Um, But it's told in two timelines and it's another... World War II effort from her, but this time it focuses on the Codebreakers at Bletchley Park and um, and the friendship between three people who work there and the events that tear them apart 
but then the mystery that brings them back together. So it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it was a fascinating story. And I'm still in the middle or reading. I'm not quite to the middle. Maybe I am close to close to the middle anyway of The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And I think I talked about that one last time. It's taking me a while um, because this is also one that I have to, like, I really have to pay attention to know when in the story I am. And so it's, it's um, methodical. <laughs> Did you not tell me this is like Una out of order? It is a little bit. Okay. Um, but where Una's life like resets every year. Yeah. On her birthday, um, Addie's doesn't reset, but no one remembers her. And so she, I won't tell you how she gets there because that's part of the kind of the intrigue of the story. But um, it's it's less that she like jumps around in time and more that no matter what she does, she can't stay in someone's memory. But I just reached the point in the book where, to her utter surprise, someone does recall her, and it's blowing her mind right now. So that's what I'm reading right now. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's get into the recipes, because the one in front of me looks delicious. (laughs) What is this? So this is just guacamole. This is also from The Basic Bitchin'. Um, This is actually a really good cookbook. Um, It's very... uh, He gives a little editorial about each recipe and why he does it and that kind of stuff it reminds me of i did read every single thing as i was running through the you know the description of the recipe as i was running through it Mm -hmm. and towards the end he he i can just the way he's he writes he's like speaking really fast and he's very sarcastic and he's very um uh, tongue in cheek and that and that kind of Ooh, stuff. Towards the end, I like it that. kind of started to irritate. Me. Oh, got a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, I I pictured him and I kept trying to think of like, gosh, he, his voice, the way he writes, reminds me of somebody. And the one that a person that I came up with was David Rose from Schitt's Creek, and that's <laughs> that's who I had in my mind okay. all the time. Just that sarcasm and yeah. you know that kind of stuff. But anyway, so. It, Got a little old, but the recipes in this book are really, really good. And he's got cute little names on them. Um, But I chose to make for our appetizer just regular old guacamole, and uh, which is right next to the recipe. I almost made this one, the soulmate queso dip. Oh, (laughs) because I love queso dip. Same. And it had like four kinds of cheeses in it. And no, maybe just two, but uh, it looks so good. But I thought, oh. To keep that warm and stuff. So I went with guacamole. It's called Five Star Guacamole. And seriously, it's just, it's avocados. It's lemon juice instead of lime juice, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And then it has cumin, uh, red onion, jalapeno pepper, calls for tomatoes, but Jacqueline doesn't like tomatoes, so I left those out. Thanks, Kelly. (laughs) And then cilantro leaves. And so that's what it is. And... Very simple to make, but All right. uh, let's dig in. Let's and give it a see. try. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, it's creamy. Needs uh, more salt. You think? <laughs> I think I'd a little bit more salt because I well, it was salt to taste, and so maybe mm-hmm. I don't know though. I like it. I think. It is different. I do get the hint of lemon. You do, but you don't get the lime. You know, to me, lime is a stronger flavor than lemon. Yeah, that's true. And so it's just interesting. It's good. 
And I was never sure, honestly, if the acid goes in, if the lemon juice or lime juice goes in for the flavor or the taste or just to keep the avocado from browning. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. I told Kelly my my trick for when I make guacamole at home on the rare occasion that I make guacamole at home. Instead of using chopped tomato because I don't like pieces of tomato and stuff, I just use salsa and mix it in at the end. But that wouldn't matter here. This is good. It is good. I like it. Mm-hmm. So the the drink section of this cookbook is fabulous. This is, like I said, where we got the drink from. But there's a lot of good drinks in here. Wait. So is it all kinds of food or mm-hmm. is it like one Mm-mm. one like course? It actually is a pretty good cookbook. It's, it's a section on how to stock a basic pantry. Ooh, that's handy. Right. And the seasonings and all kinds of stuff. Um, your basic kitchen tools. It goes through the things that you should do nice. to have your kitchen. Um and then it goes into basic bevs, and everything has a little catchy name to it. But no, you all can't see it, but I'm looking at the book as Kelly's flipping through it, and the um, the photography is really bright and close up, which I do like. Because if I'm making something and I don't have a picture to refer back to, <laughs> just to make I know. sure that it sort of looks right, I get I feel yes. a little lost. And this, so and yeah, I'm these a, are nice photographs. Yes, and my favorite. Um, chapter was uh, called vodka and me a love story (laughs) (laughs) okay and and vodka soda the little black dress of cocktails Uh uh-huh and that's one of the recipes in there and seriously it always is vodka lime juice and club soda well going back to i don't even remember what episode we drank those in but that one we used the peach and orange blossom. Oh yeah, yeah. Vodka. Mm-hmm. That's what. That's how I keep drinking it. It's with club soda and lime juice. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's really I know. good. It is really good. And um, so yeah, I understand now why they why a vodka soda is so versatile because I just keep mixing it with things that sound good. So yeah, and it it, it has non-alcoholic cocktail cocktails in there too. I, I skimmed over that section. <laughs> Because <laughs> they didn't really interest me, but um, I went this right to this. Podcast street. isn't called "Don't Get Lit" with Kelly and Jacqueline. <laughs> but yeah, it has your beverages. It has your snappy apps, your grand entrance entrees. It has your dessert section, and if you wanted to make a brunch, it gives you all kinds of brunch mm. desserts. It actually has, like I said, the fried chicken looks absolutely fabulous. Okay, and then it has chicken and waffles in here. Chicken and waffles are my absolute favorite, and I would never make them because it just seems way too. Involved. Yes. Um, But it has a lot of uh, some really good. The nachos look fabulous. Um, Yeah, it's a good it's a it's a good cookbook. I would I would actually purchase this cookbook because I can see that um, there would be a lot of recipes in here. Okay. I full disclosure, I've never once on my own made fried chicken. The idea of it is super intimidating. Well, it's buttermilk. Is this is the okay? That's still marinating, <laughs> marinating the chicken in the buttermilk is the secret okay. ingredient, and then it has um, a slaw like it's a chicken sandwich, and you're supposed to put this uh, coleslaw on top that you mm. homemade. Oh, it just sounds to die. Mm-hmm. And it's it has a lot of ingredients, but they're seasonings. So it's like cayenne pepper, uh, garlic powder, cornstarch, baking. So it's seriously, you're just dredge you know the dredge for the flour mm-hmm. that's what you're putting in there and then you just have to fry it so it's really not that difficult it just looks like a lot of ingredients it's just frying the chicken to me to get it the right consistency yeah. um that's my problem but i might i might attempt it 
I thought about attempting it, and then I thought, no, that's just... Well, I hope that you invite me over for dinner that day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll make sure. It okay. could be one of... Yeah, beer and fried chicken sandwich. Doesn't Heck yeah. fabulous? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, anyway, it's a, it's a great cookbook. That okay. one, Basic Bitchin', 100 plus everyday recipes from nacho average nachos to gossip-worthy Sunday pancakes. For the basic bitch in your life. I like all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, my kitchen skills are basic in nature. So right. <laughs> this one sounds like it would be good for me. All right. So that's our first course. Okay. Right. Let's move on to course number two of today's <laughs> buffet <laughs> is um, a creamy mushroom soup from a cookbook called Plants Only Kitchen by Gaz Oakley. And I picked this one because I am most definitely not a vegetable lover. (laughs) I eat them because I know they're good for me. And in some cases, they're fine. Um, (laughs) But I was looking for a little bit of inspiration to get some more, like, veggies into my life. And so this one seemed like a good way because they only use plant-based products in this cookbook. And um, I love cream of mushroom soup. And so this seemed like a nice opportunity to um, figure out how to make that without using all the cream. Right. (laughs) So, um, but for just a little bit about the cookbook. Actually, no, let's taste it first. And then while we're tasting it, I can tell you what my favorite things were. So this is, it's a plant, fully plant-based soup. Um, Oh, that's good. I can't tell where the little kick comes from because I, know, I didn't it does have use a anything spicy. It has kick to it. Like almost a Maybe. cayenne pepper kick. It's good. Maybe it's the dried herbs that I used. I don't know. I like it though. Mm-hmm. And I would put this against any cream of mushroom soup that I've, <laughs> that I've made before. It's tasty. It's not... It's it's still rich, mm-hmm. even though there's no cream in it. So what Does makes it, have it butter in it? What no. makes it creamy, yeah. quote unquote creamy, is the use of coconut milk. Okay, let me tell you what I do like about this cookbook. So again, this is called Plants Only Kitchen. I will say that you have to know a little something about cooking to use this cookbook. I would not suggest this for beginners because there is no setup like in yours. There's no like stocking your pantry, no oh. basic tools, none of that. Um, I do like that they give each recipe a scale of 1 to 10 for difficulty, so you kind of know what you're getting into. And I will say, this one was rated a 3 of 10, and um, I will say that of the two recipes I made for today, this was the easier one. Um, But it, so it calls for a bunch of kinds of mushrooms, so I finally got to buy that cool, like, chef's pack of mushrooms at Costco. You know what I'm talking about? The funny looking ones that you, like, I never knew what else to do with them, so I never bought them. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make mushroom soup so I can buy the fancy ones. I remember when you asked me, do you like mushrooms? Like, yeah. And then my thing was, not exotic mushrooms. Right. So they're just not whole. (laughs) Right. You can't tell that they're They're, exotic mushrooms. They're ground up. But they're, they're good. They are good. Um, So this one, you know, you, it started with a base of onions and garlic, which, you know, nothing, there's nothing wrong with either of those things. But what what is the, so you saute the onions and garlic, if -hmm. you can't use butter. You can use olive oil. Oh, olive oil. So I sauteed them in olive oil. Okay. And then, um... 
then went in some like dried herbs and then salt and pepper. Maybe it's the pepper because there's a lot. It's two teaspoons of crushed black pepper in here. Oh, that's a lot of pepper. So that could be what the little kick is. And then it's like two pounds of mixed mushrooms. So it starts out like it filled my stock pot. But by the time that they saute down and all the water comes out, they're they're down to nothing. Right. And then you use vegetable stock to thin it out. Um, and then goes in the coconut milk to make it creamy. And then you this I got to use my immersion, immersion blender, blender today, which I love. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite tools. And so then you blend it all up and then saute a few like leftover mushrooms just to put on top as a garnish. It also calls for truffle oil if you want it, but I'm not a huge fan of truffle, so um I skipped that step, but I that would probably add a little bit of like depth of flavor to it a little bit more. Um, but as it is, I think it's pretty good. It's very good. Um, it's not as pretty as Kelly's <laughs> guacamole, but <laughs> mushrooms aren't pretty. Well, so mushrooms are brown. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? Mushrooms are brown, mm-hmm. right? So Right. So anyway, going back to it, I like that they give a scale so you kind of know what you're getting into. I don't like that there is not a picture of what you're making on every page. Oh. It's it's primarily like that, but it's I like it when it's recipe on one side, picture on the other, so I know what I'm getting into. The only other... This is a petty complaint about this book, but the only other thing I would have liked is if the pictures were on the left side and the recipes on the right, because I, I had to hold this book open. Oh. And I don't love that. Right. And if it's the other way, it tends to stay flatter. But that's a really petty kind of booky nerd (laughs) thing to be upset about um so i do like that the chef explains to you why some of the more um unusual or harder to find ingredients are worth the time like for some of the recipes he'll say like you can use this one thing but if you can find the other thing it's going to add a little bit more to your recipe it's going to give you a little bit different texture or it'll change the taste of the dish a little bit so I appreciated that he took the time in his description of the recipe to tell you why it's worth it. Um, so the chef is from Wales. So sometimes the names of the ingredients are not the same as they would be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but but they identify that. Oh, so they wrote this book with a global audience in mind, knowing that when they said, oh, what's the one I always it's zucchini, but they call it something else. Oh, I don't know. I can't think of what it is. But and anyway, um, it's the kind of the American name of stuff is in parentheses if you don't know what it is. Oh, so that helpful. was nice. And um, same thing with the measurements. Like everything's metric except he puts the uh, what is the dot metric called? I don't know. Not metric? The <laughs> not metric measurement. <laughs> he puts the, the measurements I'm used to seeing Those are the imperial as part of the recipes. Um, which just saved me the time of using my phone to translate right or or change those so um yeah so i would make this again my husband left this morning while i was making it when he came home he walked in and he's like it smells really good in here which is always a pretty good indicator of a good recipe in my house because i don't cook a lot so when i do and it smells good that's does it have wine in it it does have wine in it yeah i was gonna say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i forgot to say that yeah um, vegan friendly white wine. And what would I that couldn't be? tell you what brand oh, it was I used, but <laughs> like what would that be? Um, Isn't wine made out of grapes? 
Must be something like yeah, yeast but I feel like or yeah, there's you just have to watch your like ingredients that. list. Yeah. What I might consider next time, now that I'm eating it with the garnish mushrooms, um, is maybe like sauteing a little bit of like garlic, sliced garlic on top would be good. Also, since I'm not vegan, I wouldn't hesitate to use chicken stock in this because that's usually what I have on hand. And um, I would also not say no to a few bacon crumbles. I think it needs a little bit more salt, personally. But um, no, I didn't think it needed that. But it it's, is spicy; it's making my nose. Yeah, burn. it's I, it's got to be all that black pepper that's in there. So anyway, um, creamy mushroom soup from Plants Only Kitchen. I it's rated a three of ten on the difficulty scale. I'd call it a nine out of ten for oh, taste. It's very good. It's pretty good. So let me ask you this: Yeah, as so I look at some vegetarian books or plant-based mm-hmm. books, and I look at the recipes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not making that. How many recipes would you actually make in there, do you hmm. think? Um, if I had the time and the inclination to go, like, stock all the things, mm-hmm. probably 30%. Okay. Some of them are re- some of them are difficult, I, and I wouldn't take them on. But honestly, if I had, if I had to pick the next one that I would make out of here, there were a couple of really tasty looking tofu recipes and I don't like I never like intentionally seek out tofu to use it but I'm not opposed to it like it's when it's in stuff and and I eat it it's fine um there was a curry recipe in here that called for it um and then there was also um a recipe that used tofu but like in big pieces like slices and it you fried it with stuff on the outside and so that looks pretty good. Now, this one, there was one in here. I'm a big fan of Beef Wellington. Right. But I ne- I would never make it. No. Because that just sounds like a lot of work. So well, it's something that if I'm somewhere that it's offered, I will order it. Right. right. But they have a recipe in here for mushroom Wellington. Mm-hmm. So it uses portobello's instead of the beef. And that's, you know, for consistency's sake, that's right. Um, but this was one that I thought, oh, this is, that looks good. And I'd like to try it, but it's a seven out of ten on the scale, Is that which for you me have really means fourteen out of ten. Puff pastry, <laughs> probably right instead of the store bought. And I, no, this one says ready to roll out puff pastry. Oh, okay, but maybe that's because it doesn't have eggs in it. I was thinking it had lard in it, but maybe, I, don't I don't know. But there must be one that right. is plant based. Um, so I, but like this is one where I would I would look at it and go seven out of ten. I'm not that good of a cook, so that's going to be harder. <laughs> and 90 minutes feels like a lot for a meal, like it, no matter how good something is. I very rarely am I going to put for so that says 90, which I'm going to tack on 30 minutes that's, guaranteed. Right. And um, so I, I just don't like to put that much time into something that we're going to eat in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So there's that. Right. So, but it it is a pretty cookbook, and um, and there are some there's there are some. Oh, this was another one. This was the tofu one that I liked the look of, Vietnamese style tofu burger. Oh, so it's got so much other stuff going on with it that you like. Are you gonna know that it's not beef? I don't, well, I and I it. like fried. I, that's the only way I eat tofu is fried. Okay, so so that would probably be yeah. that one's a five out of ten. Okay, so and I think it's just because there's a lot of things that go into the outer covering of the tofu so um yeah so this was pretty but i would say probably 30 percent of what's in here and it's nice that there is some side dishes that are in here so like even if you're not 
going like fully vegan, if you like me, if you just want to incorporate a few more vegetables into your consumption, (laughs) there are some nice suggestions to put on the side of your actual beef burger if that's what you want to do. So, yeah. So plants only kitchen. I liked this one. It um, I did look at a few uh, vegan cookbooks that were at the library. Um, But when I flipped through it, it was the most, at least for what was available that day. A, a lovely eye-catching version yeah, it, of something. Yeah, it is. So, it's a beautiful cookbook. Yeah. So, anyway, I would recommend it. Take a look at it if you're looking for a few ways to incorporate some relatively easy vegetable recipes into your day. Okay. Mm-hmm. On to... Number three. Round three. All right. So, the third recipe we're going to talk about today comes from... Um, Christopher Kimball's Milk Street Tuesday Nights. And Christopher Kimball, of course, is a chef. Milk Street is the brand. Tuesday Nights is this version of the cookbook. And so the idea with this one is that they have put together a pretty massive book of fast, faster, fastest recipes. And the idea is that these are weeknight things that they have simplified and made easy for you to do in a limited amount of time, if that's what you have. And so the fast recipes supposedly <laughs> are on the table <laughs> in under 45 minutes. Oh. Um, but I will say that I think with this one that there is an assumption that you have uh, moderate kitchen skills. Um, because like I'm not a very fast chopper. Right. I'm pretty careful with that stuff. I also am really bad about doing all that stuff ahead of time, so it's all ready. Oh right. Um, yeah. and that would probably help with some of these recipes. Um, but the fast ones, like I said, are 45 minutes. The faster are ready in 30 to 35. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> and the fastest ones were under 30 minutes. Um, and, you know, it It was a lot of of pasta, eggs, beans. They all looked really good. I didn't flip through this book thinking at any point, like, I wouldn't make any of this. It all actually looked really appealing. But you do have to have some skill, I think, in order to do them as fast as they say you can. Anyone can make any of these. Right. But I... I'm okay in the kitchen, and the recipe I made from this was one of the 30 to 35 minutes. No, mm -mm. I was easily an hour (laughs) making these, and it shouldn't have been that. It shouldn't have taken me that long. So I'm not quite sure where I where I screwed up with my process. But in any case, um, I do like that it's broken down though into these categories. There's also the addition of like dinner salads and side dishes and that you know. So there there are some extras in here. But I made from this um, Vietnamese-style meatballs with lettuce wraps. And I am not... um, I'm not usually brave enough to go to other parts of the world with my cooking. (laughs) I mean, tacos, but that's not really. (laughs) Right? So, but these... um, I liked the idea of a quick easy meatball that you could skillet fry. I like anything that can be served in a wrap. And I like lettuce wraps or lettuce cups. So I thought this, you know, this would be a nice little, what I thought was going to be easy. This says start to finish 35 minutes. I'm calling shenanigans. So, um, <laughs> but, but also the ra- the ingredients here were all pretty easily findable. 
they're not there was nothing too exotic on this list, which I did appreciate. So these called for um, just a neutral oil for pan sauteing, ground pork, cilantro, pepper, scallions. The only thing that maybe you won't already have in your pantry is fish sauce, which oh. you can find in the international aisle right. of your market. And maybe or maybe not, you'll have serrano chilies on hand. But they were not that hard to find. So basically, so you combine the meatball stuff. So so I'm used to, though, when I'm making a meatball mixture for it to be pretty firm and right. like rollable, right? Um, this was not at all rollable. The the meat mixture when you're making these is pretty soft and it's really sticky because of, I think because of the fish sauce and the sugar that goes in. Oh. And so I had to instead I was like pinch forming the meatballs. So then so then when they were in the pan, I was like really carefully trying to roll them around to get them round all the way. And so they're they made it sound easier in the recipe than I found it to be in real life. We're going to taste them and see if, even though they're a little misshapen, they're still okay. Um, And I also found that the timing they gave me on the meatballs, I was a little worried that they were undercooked. And so I may have overdone them a little bit just so I didn't give us botulism. So there's that. I appreciate Right. So let's have a bite. Mm. And the flavor is good. Very good. The sauce is good. And despite the overcooking, the meatballs aren't too dry. Um, yeah, so you're encouraged to serve these with lettuce cups, the the dark green parts of scallions chopped up, and then carrots that are um, like dressed in a lime juice, fish sauce, serrano chili dressing, and then use the extra dressing as a sauce for the wrap itself. It's very good. This makes, tw- it says 20 meatballs. I was staring at the pile of mixture in the bowl thinking, there's no way I'm going to get 20 out of that. I did, but they were small. I When I make meatballs, mine are usually the size of golf balls and they go in the oven. So you bake them and you know they're cooked all the way through. I think the idea here is to make them small enough that you can pan fry them. And what they say is like seven minutes. Oh. I did not find that to be my experience, but... It could be that mine were just bigger than they... I mean, I got 20 out of it, but they weren't all exactly the same size. So <laughs> so there's that. They also suggest that you could serve these with steamed rice if you wanted them to be, like, a little more substantial for your meal. But, I don't know, I feel like you probably eat more of them if you just wrap them in lettuce. <laughs> I so, so. They, those were good, though. Mm-hmm. They, they were refreshing, good flavor. I think it's... It's not as spicy as I was expecting with the serrano. Mm-hmm. I was expecting heat. I thought thought your mushroom soup was hotter, spicier mm-hmm. than the. So that's good. Well, so the good thing about chilies is, and this is from years of watching Rachel Ray and being sure that she was never going to get her thirty minute meal done in thirty minutes. But, <laughs> right, you know, she, she always, would she stress always, me out. Oh my gosh, every time. <laughs> But she would always talk about taking out the ribs and seeds mm-hmm. to reduce the heat. And so right. today I scraped all that out just to make sure that it wasn't too overpowering. Right. But I don't know. I think they're okay. They were good. Um, they were so, like a little more effort than I was expecting, I think, for a faster recipe. But all in all, worth it. And if I... Um, so it says in here that in Vietnam, meatballs are often skewered and grilled. And I wonder... If you added like a li- something to hold them together a little bit more, if that would be a, no- a good way to cook them. Like breadcrumbs or something. Perhaps. Um, 
But yeah, in all, not a bad recipe. The whole book is pretty like it's pretty much like that. That the list of ingredients are um pretty attainable, nothing too unfamiliar. Like I said, lots of beans, lots of eggs. But and the pictures are really pretty, and they did it right. The pictures are on the left, and the recipes on the right. So the book, <laughs> when the book stays open, it's um, it's you know, it stays on the page where you need it to. But yeah, all in all, this was a of the two cookbooks I chose from. If I had to pick one to buy, it would be this one, if only because it's got more diverse recipes because it's not a focused kind right. of cooking. Right. Um, so this would be something that would be a little more you utilitarian is that the right word but i did i did enjoy flipping through it i like you i read each of the recipes through they don't go too much into like the story behind it but they'll say like this was inspired by so-and-so's recipe off this blog or this person who traveled you know to wherever and there and it is pretty global i did like that this is a it's a really diverse selection of recipes but um they gave us a little bit of background on each one but most of the page is dedicated to the instructions and Again, I chose something where I had almost all the stuff on hand anyway. But um, to me, that's the sign of a good cookbook. If if most of what I most of what they call for right. are things I'm likely to have, right. I'm a lot likelier to buy that cookbook than one where I'm going to have to go seeking out specific ingredients. So, right. um, yeah. So give this one check it out if you can first from your library and see <laughs> see how much of it appeals to you. But this would probably be a good one to have on hand if you were looking for basics that could be done in a in a relatively short amount of time depending on your kitchen skills so yeah so there's that Vietnamese style meatballs they were tasty so now for our fourth course we have dessert yay and so I I chose a cookbook it's called The Art of Cake and if you don't know anything about me the one thing you should know is that I love dessert (laughs) (laughs) sugar, candy, cake so cake so I thought okay I thought, and it's The Art of Cake by Alice Orr, the creme de la creme of the world's favorite desserts. So it was a little bit different than what I expected. Um, so seriously, it is all about dessert. And it's it just gives, um, there's really very few recipes in here. And there's no actual photographs. They're all like drawings. Yeah. So like the Linzer Tort is from Austria, Austria, and it gives a little... Uh, background on it, the history of it, and why it's so. There's, you know, key lime pie from the USA and the native of Florida. It gives you all kinds of the hummingbird cake from Jamaica, which is like a carrot cake but has pineapple or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, gingerbread cake, fruit cake. I mean, it's just all about desserts around the world and where they originated from and that kind of thing. However, sponge cake from the UK, right? Um, I guess I wanted because I thought I could be the, you know, whenever you watch The Greatest Baker, The Great British Bake Off or whatever, they're always talking about a sponge, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, all right, let me give my, give it a try. I'm going to try the sponge cake. So I did a couple things about this recipe. Measurements are in grams. Okay. <laughs> so you did have to do a little um, Google Translate. <laughs> I had to figure out what caster sugar is. Is that just powdered sugar? Nope. Okay. It's super fine sugar. Okay. So I had to go to two stores to find oh, that. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then they asked for corn flour, which is cornstarch in American. Oh, so I had to okay. figure that out. Okay. I had to do a lot of research on this. Um, 
Oh, it asks for custard powder. Can't find custard powder. So I'm in the store looking up, okay, what's a substitute for custard powder? What was the substitute? Instant vanilla pudding. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, okay. So I had a lot of things. Then I discovered it calls for eight-inch cake pans. Of course, I only had nine-inch. And then I have to Google, okay, what's the difference if I put it in nine-inch? Of course, then it's going to be thinner and not as fluffy. So then I had to run out at the last minute and get eight-inch cake pans. Oh, no. (laughs) It was just like, oh, gosh. Okay. So then, uh, so it's a sponge cake. It's, uh, you know, so it's a two-layer cake. Mm-hmm. You got your little two eight-inch. And then the center is uh, whipped cream, like a cream filling with strawberries. Um, so for the filling, because it was whipped cream, if you let whipped cream, if you don't stabilize the whipped cream, then it gets all runny and mm-hmm. stuff. And I didn't want that. So then I had to stabilize the whipped cream with gelatin. That was an extra process that didn't call for in the cake. It's just the way I wanted to do it. Um, but anyway, so here's our fancy thing. Two layers, whipped cream in the center with strawberries and a icing on the top, which is lemon juice and sugar. Why is it pink? Well, because I put it said to put red food coloring in oh, it. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, okay, that's good to know. I was going to, because I was expecting a strawberry flavor. Okay. No, no. It said to put red food coloring and then sprinkle on top with sprinkles. So then we have sprinkles on top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Um, I know we didn't assign courses, but I'm super glad Kelly got the dessert course <laughs> because she's she's the baker of the two of us. So, and I, I would never have had the patience to figure all that out. Right. So it's supposed to be light and airy and crumbly. So let's see. Ooh. Sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what it is? It's like an angel food cake. It is like an angel food cake. Except this one has yolks in it. Okay. And not just egg whites. That's right for angel food, right? It's just egg white, I'm I pretty thought sure. so. Well, when you make it from the box, you just add egg white. Yeah. It's not as... It's definitely not as dense as like a shortcake. Mm-mm. It's more crumbly than angel food cake. Mm-hmm. It's very good, though. It's very good. It's not too sweet. Mm-mm. The strawberries stand out. I think that's why you have the whipped cream and the icing mm-hmm. to make it a little sweeter. Because if I could remember what 150 grams of castor sugar is. <laughs> I have no idea. I think it's two-thirds cup. Okay. Um, I'm going to say something weird, which won't be the first time or the last. Um, It's like... Maybe sponge cake is like the tofu of cakes. Maybe. Like it just is supposed to like enhance or take on the flavor of, of whatever. whatever you put with it. Mm-hmm. It's very good. But it does have the consistency of angel food after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Okay, I'd make that again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I wonder if that glaze you put on your lemonade cake would, would be good on here. Oh, yeah, because that's more with the lemon. strawberries. With the strawberries, yes. Yeah, I'm not going to make it, but I'm going to suggest that you do it. <laughs> okay, I'll do that next time. <laughs> Maybe the same day that you make the fried chicken mm. and invite me over for dinner, I'll bring the vodka. Okay. <laughs> we'll need that's, beer. It's very good. You're right. We will need beer. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Nice work, Kelly. Mm-hmm. And it's not heavy. Not at all. Mm-mm. No. So you a... could eat a full course meal and still have this. Yeah, no problem. 
It doesn't take up yeah. space in your belly at all. Just out of curiosity, since there's only five, what are the other four recipes well, in this Well, I might be... Okay, so... The only recipes in this cake, or in this cook, this book, are carrot cake. Mm-hmm. I thought about carrot cake, and then I thought, talk about time-consuming. Right? <laughs> Chocolate cake. Okay. Um, lemon tart. Mm. Pavlova. Okay. It's like, um, it looks like almost like a fruit cake. Yeah. It's, is it, I feel like it's kind of like, is that like a meringue? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Again, it calls for corn flour. <laughs> Egg whites. <laughs> okay. Sponge cake. All right. And then tiramisu. Mm. Okay. And I thought about that one, too, but that was us, actually. So we're not suggesting this if you want a book full of recipes. No, no. And it, like I said, it doesn't give you any actual pictures of what something should look like. Um, they're just drawings. Yeah. Of I do prefer it when it's a real photograph of whatever it is I'm supposed to be making. Well, and I don't think this is a book that was supposed to be. This is just a book about the history of desserts around the world. Okay. Um, I mean, if you could go look some of them up online and figure out how to make them, then you'd be golden. Yeah. this is not going to help you. um, With recipes. No. No. Okay. There's the pan and tone from uh, Italy. I only ever see that at Christmas time. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, but it's this cake is very good. The king cake, of course. Key lime pie, hummingbird cake, gingerbread, eclairs. Oh, I do have a weakness for those. Cheesecake. Cassata. But I'm not a baker at all, so I leave that to the bakeries. Banoffee pie. What is that? It's a 1970s love child of banana, toffee, and coffee. Hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Benoffi. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now I'm That's ready funny. for an espresso. Right? We go perfect. After an after, an yeah. after dinner coffee. Banked Alaska. <laughs> I don't even know how to make baked Alaska. That no, nope. luckily. But, oh, see, Angel how are you setting cake. ice cream on fire? Is what I want. I, I don't. Well, how do you bake ice cream in the oven without it melting? I don't, I don't get, get it. it. Nope. So anyway, it just picked it up. It was on the new bookshelf at the library. My love of desserts made me want to look at it. It's cute. It is it's cute. A, it's got a little trifle on the front. It's very cute. And it made me try sponge cake. Right. So there we go. Nice work. <laughs> all right. All right. Now I'm full. Yeah, that was dinner. Good. <laughs> um, all right. So next time for episode 19, we are going to read The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go back to a little bit of a thriller, a little bit of a mystery, um, because they are turning this one into a film. Yes. Pretty soon. If the movie comes out before we record episode 19, I'll try to watch and read the book. But in the meantime, I'm expecting that a resurgence in popularity of this title. Right. (laughs) Right now. Right. So, uh, but in the meantime, we will be doing our very best to get you some content up on the blog on a regular basis. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode dedicated. We'll go back to our regularly scheduled formatting. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Talking about one book. But in the meantime, if you want to give these a try, once again, this was Christopher Kimball's Milk Street Tuesday Nights, Plants Only Kitchen, Basic Bitchin', and The Art of Cake. Those were the four cookbooks we talked about today. Um, Don't be afraid to get into the cookbook aisle of your library. They have all kinds of good things in there. And um, also, 
If your library offers electronic resources, there are also some handy ones available through Libby and Hoopla and Cloud Library if you are so inclined to read them on your device. So give that a whirl. Uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. We're going to finish our cake. So we are. <laughs> finish up these mules. Finish so up these drinks. Wishing you all a great day and stay healthy. And we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.